The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was watching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do you know i've been fortunate enough to win a few different championships and when i was out there ambrose he was like man congrats on being a, a grand slam winner i didn't even like take it all in but to have the responsibility of being the Intercontinental Champion, um, it's not a secret that I've had a crazy couple of months, um, had a little bit of adversity, I missed some time, um, but this just goes to show that if you're passionate about something, if you love something, if you want to do something and you're persistent at it, no matter what happens, what kind of obstacle gets in your way, you can make it happen if you believe in it. So really, I just want to take this time to thank you know, all my supporters, all my loved ones, my mom, my dad, my family, my wife, all my kids, just being there, being my support system, because without this team, this great team I have, I would never have these opportunities. So I just want to say thank you. And it's just going to keep going, baby. We ain't stopping here. Open challenge coming in soon. Anybody can get it. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling to the Max! And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Deezer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 274, and we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go get all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And hey, don't forget to go check out Wrestling to the Max wherever you get it from. Maybe it's through YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. It doesn't matter. All that matters is you hit that subscribe and rate and review. Uh, Make sure you do all those things, but make sure you hit that subscribe button for sure, because that's going to get you all our shows, every Wrestling to the Max show that we have done and also get some great review shows that we have during the week so you don't want to miss a minute of the action it's going to be a lot of great content for your ears and don't forget to go give some love to formalmania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both are great supporters of ours and we appreciate them and very thankful uh, for their help. Uh, also, make sure you go and check out the W2M Network. It's another great place where you can go get our podcast. And by hitting the subscribe button there, you'll get on, just get our program, but you'll get all the other great wrestling programs on W2Mnet.com and, you know, sports and uh, entertainment and just a lot of great content. So you don't want to miss it. Go check it out. 
I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me, the guy that is evac you know, kinda evacuated Houston for good reasons, and that is Mr. Paul Leeser. Hey oh. No bad reasons for evacuating Houston. You had a blast in Houston and had to leave. I know you probably would have loved to stay and enjoy Monday Night Raw there and SmackDown Live, but you know, real life happens. You gotta get out of town, right? Oh that that money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no object with you, Paul. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if only. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm so glad to have you here tonight. And, you know, uh, just really quick note uh, Sean Garmer is not here tonight. He has the night off. He's doing uh, actually a lot of work right now. And so, hey, we said, hey, man, take the night. He's doing some sports stuff for the website. So we appreciate him. And he uh, did a lot for us last week. So. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is really, you know, uh, kind of a cool deal because you had a chance to spend your weekend in Houston. You got to go check out TakeOver, uh, and of course, that was the big War Games show. And then you got a chance to check out Survivor Series. So, uh, you know, before we get into our show, which I guess I should go ahead and run down for the people, uh, we got quick hits this week. We got a few things, not a ton. Uh, Of course, holidays always really screw us over when it comes to wrestling news because Things taper down. Not a lot going on. So a few quick hits, but we got two Ring of Honors to talk about tonight because we didn't cover it last week. So you're going to have a double dose of Ring of Honor, which I'm really excited about talking about. Plus, we are going to give you that superstar of the week that we promised you this last Thursday. We kind of held off. We'll kind of explain more about that later while we kind of held off. But anyway, long story short. I, I just really want to get that perspective from Paul on how it was to be in Houston. And let's start with NXT TakeOver. Uh, let's kind of get into what you thought about the whole show, being there live and war games. Just a, it, how fun was that? Uh, it's, a, it's a really neat experience. I didn't get a chance to go to the one that's uh, here where we are, Gary, in Dallas during WrestleMania a couple of years ago because I was checking out all the other shows. Uh, so it was kind of nice to get a chance to... Uh, fix that uh, missing gap in the shows I've been to as far as the TakeOver event goes. So, uh, I, the attendance was kind of a bummer. Like, they completely had uh, blocked off the, the upper parts of the arena and the um, the side that, uh, the same hard camera side, the, the side the cameras don't pick up, obviously, was uh, tarped off mostly as well, too. There's very few people over there. So, uh, kind of a bummer. As far as all that goes, especially for a card that was absolutely gigantic as far as people on it and matches and stuff like that. But uh, I'm sure this came across on the stream, but holy crap, how surprised were you at that reaction for Velveteen Dream? It was deafening for this guy. And um, I, I, I didn't think that we were in a small percentage of people that maybe weren't all completely on board with the kid yet. <laughs> I, I, you know me. I, I've been very hesitant about the Velveteen Dream, kind of making him earn it, uh, if you ask me. I, I mean, I was a little bit taken aback by the love the crowd showed him, but I'll say this. He earned every bit of my respect watching that show. Yeah. Just excellent work. Him and Alistair Black had a just an excellent match. I love the taunts that they did back and forth. I bet that whole crowd. I mean, I, like I said on on TV as you're watching the stream. I mean, you heard the crowd, but I'm sure it was deafening when you saw them trade taunts in the ring. It uh, it was absolutely deafening during that match. And I think what these guys did so much better um, than a lot of the other matches that we maybe got to see across the weekend. 
uh, it was just the storytelling aspects, like really, and it helped that the live crowd obviously was so invested in the the whole say his name chance and everything like that. But I, I think from really the moment Dream stepped through the curtain, he was trying to tell that story of I'm doing everything I can to make you remember me. Everything from these crazy tights I have that are so reminiscent of Rick Rude with the with the faces on them, and um, basically how he approached him to to like how the match went as far as trying to go blow for blow with them and just getting absolutely schooled at the start. I, and I can't say enough about how great Alistair Black was during this too, because silky, silky smooth, uh, transitions, uh, except for the, they have one little goof, but other than that, everything was, was perfect. And I don't know if anybody ever really touched uh, I think Alistair's performance in there is as much credit as I'll give to Dream for certainly sharing the load. Uh, I think him and maybe Finn Balor might have been the two smoothest people we got to see across the entire weekend. So uh, there's that. I, War Games was uh, a blast. Uh, by far, I think my favorite match of the weekend just because it's this huge spectacle and everything like that. But um, it's so great to see how over all these guys are. And I mean, Alexander Wolf almost died. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they literally stitched him up through the cage too. I don't know if they caught any of that, but they, they closed his wounds through the cage. They had a guy there for at least 10 minutes trying to stitch him up so he could get back in there. And then he took a bump and he's automatically busted open again. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it was nuts. <laughs> nuts. And, uh, I, there's, there's some technical goofs as far as how, like, uh, the spotlight going from, uh, for the second team to enter just completely whiffed and started on AOP before it moved over to sanity. So, uh, <laughs> and then, and then back. So it, uh, uh, goofs aside, it's such a fun match. And, um, I, I tell you, Adam Cole is just a, a treat. I, I've seen him live before, but, and, uh, this is sort of like a big match thing. And, uh, just how much I think the crowd was invested in him was, was something super special too. And I, I don't, did you or anybody else out there think Andrade had a chance to win that title? Hey, you know, not really, honestly. I, I you know, doing the lead up to the show, I, I thought to myself, nah, no, McIntyre's going to take it. And as the match progressed, you really felt like it was just set up for McIntyre to win. It really was. I mean, no matter what Cena almost did or even what Zelina did, it just all ended up being McIntyre kicking out, bump, you know, taking those bumps, but still making his way around, not getting, you know, pinned. And then the next thing you know, a little trickery and seeing almost as a champ. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, I, I, I see the positives. I think when we did our preview to this, I kind of talked about the, the positives that were coming out of this. And I really could see, you know, them doing some great work together, but I just never thought Drew McIntyre was really going to lose that title. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what Zelina does. Holy, I think she's going to be the one holding the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I see that around her waist or on her shoulder as she presents her champion. So, uh, but yeah, so you know that that was really a fun match to watch too. I think they did a great job, and uh, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the real life real life stuff coming out of that match, yeah. but. I think, honestly, uh, they did a great job. Really enjoyed that one. And what do you think about my boy Lars Sullivan live? How did he look? 
I, I tell you what, uh, just to finish off the McIntyre almost stuff, the, the live crowd was way more into to almost than I thought they were going to be too. And it might help that we, that we were in Houston and we're, and we're close to, uh, there's very large, obviously Latin American population all across Texas, but certainly mm-hmm. the further South you get, the larger it gets. So, um, I, I think there was a lot of that in there too, but it was still really cool. And for somebody who had really worked very hard this year, as far as putting on memorable performances on the big stage, I thought this was a nice crowning achievement for almost to get that. Uh, you know, I mean, Lars, I, I, first, I really enjoyed that match. Lars and, uh, Cassius were just throwing bombs from the get go. And I, I think it's just the perfect opener. Uh, and, and I think Cassius made Lars look real good, but you know, I mean, Lars, we talk about, it, I think on NXT, you know, size, he's not as big as he's portrayed to be, you know, I mean, he's, he's a little shorter than Cassius, honestly, but I thought they worked a really, really good match. Um, and, and the crowd I think was, might've been a bit begrudging to get into. It was certainly sucked in before it was over. Yeah. It's kind of funny because. You know, Lars is kind of, you have to have like that cult following with him. There's not a lot of people who just want to jump on the bandwagon. And I'm sure, like I said, I could tell, you know, when he stood up against William Regal that he was a shorter guy than I ever expected. And then I'm sure a lot of the crowd seeing him right there in front of their eyes was probably saying the same thing. Wow, this guy is not as tall. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> they use those camera angles very well on NXT television. Um but yes, I mean, I was really happy for him, and and very happy for Ember Moon uh, for 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 grabbing the NXT Women's Championship. I mean, how was the crowd on that? Who were they behind in those matches? You know, I match? mean, Ember Ember's it's the home state girl, uh, and as big a pop as I think Kyrie got it, even though it was a very respectful one, because I still don't think people are quite on board with her yet. Uh, Ember and Nikki certainly got the greatest share of love. And, and Peyton got a huge pop too. I can't really. Um, discount the iconic duo's uh, effort here. And Peyton, for for all of the work she did in that match, should be commended too. I thought she was wonderful uh, throughout that entire match. And uh, unfortunately, I kind of wish Nikki got a little bit more in because I felt like she maybe got the least in out of everybody. But um, Ember getting the big win with the with the double eclipse and and the huge pop and. Asuka being there to present the title. It's just, it was a very, very nice moment um, that I hope wasn't really lost anybody across the stream. Because I felt like the crowd was a little quieter than I was expecting. But, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't Dallas, you know, or it wasn't Chicago where, you know, she spent obviously a great deal of her time there too. So I, um, I, I'm immensely happy for Ember Moon. I, she absolutely deserves this, this honor and, can't wait to see what she does does with the belt there either. Yeah, that's really awesome, and you know, really like I said, really happy for her. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like NXT Takeover uh, was just a blast, and you know, I'm sure being right there, getting a chance to see all those you know big matches up close and personal, it was super special. So I'm really happy you got the chance to go see that show. I, now uh, you all uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they they tape TV obviously for for a week. Um, during takeover too and i cannot wait to do the nxt review this week area <laughs> i, I wish about this some off air but on, i i want to put that out there on here that it's uh if you have if you aren't planning on watching nxt this week because of thanksgiving or whatever make time make time 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> trust me. I mean, I have not seen it. I'm going by Paul's word, but from everywhere else I'm hearing, too, that the people that were there, it was amazing. So I, I can't wait to see it uh, Wednesday night. Um, you know, we'll probably delay our NXT review maybe until Friday, which put be saturday for most people to hear a review but um we'll see how that all works out but nonetheless i i'm excited about watching it myself and i, I know you're ecstatic about talking about it so when we get there it'll be a lot of fun yeah. um let's talk survivor series i i know we probably won't cover every single thing that happened there but i mean give me give me your thoughts and, and some of the things that kind of stuck out to you being there live oh boy uh the the opener um with with the six man tag with the shield and the new it one it was a a spectacular spectacular match I really really loved that one maybe one of the best of the weekend uh, and just uh, the the crowd I thought was a very you know odd animal right everybody loves the new day uh, apparently unless the shield is involved so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and hats off to Big E who I thought was an absolute standout performer. During out of everybody in that match, obviously they they had the story of Xavier getting getting his butt handed to him and having to to fight back like they usually do. But I, Big E was just stellar in that match. I, I don't want to take away anything from from that. He got away with saying "suck it" too. He sure I, did. I was I was a little surprised about that. Cease and desist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, um, at least me. Uh, I, I was not pleased with Baron beating the Miz, and we talked a little bit about this on Raw, but we really didn't dive into it. Um, I, my whole prediction for Survivor Series sort of what got you know thrown up into the air there because I really thought that uh, that Miz was going to win that, and it was going to sort of free up everything for SmackDown to sort of win the men's division team. But that it all sort of fell apart as far as my predictions went there. But uh, just Nobody was really into that match at all. It, even it felt like Baron and uh, Miz were just kind of out there going through it. You know that that kind of was certainly, I think, the down point on Sunday as far as as far as me as far as the main show went, uh, pre-show notwithstanding. I uh, you know it seemed like the uh, crowd. If they didn't love the match, they loved seeing Maurice. Oh, they sure did. <laughs> they sure. Did. I was really hoping she would have slapped the crap out of Baron too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, need, uh, I need to take a drink. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, I, I, I wow, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, right? I, I'm sure that's everybody's maybe the best match of out of Survivor Series. AJ Styles is a, a spectacular performer. I've gotten to see him live many occasions, uh, and the same now for Brock too during this run. And I, I just an unmatched energy level from bell to bell. I, I the, the whole match was great, and the crowd was into every bit of it from the second they stepped through the the curtains, and uh, it, it was as great as you uh, as hopefully as it came across on the stream, uh, just because uh, just great performances. And uh, there's a very large part of me that was hoping you were going to use Paul Heyman talking about how great AJ Styles was for the uh, for the intro this week, and, and you went with Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. About the Intercontinental title, Gary. <laughs> uh, you know, I usually try to stay up, updated, and sometimes I think, man, you know, no one's going to care about the pay-per-view anymore. It's been done. But, uh, <laughs> you know, throw these things my way, Paul. I'll make sure they get done, sir. Uh, that's okay. 
Uh, and, and I, you know, that that uh, the five on five men's team match was just really, really fun all the way up until they decided to do the finish. And I, I hope the large sigh of confusion and dealing with what we had to see uh, came across very well because that was just not good, and certainly really put the kibosh on something that I thought had uh, had a lot of steam in it going throughout and. As unfortunate as it was that the McMahon storyline just sort of prevails over everything these days uh, at the expense of some of the other guys in the match, you know, can't really fault them for trying to move along so many other things like like Finn and Joe and Sammy and KO's grudge with, with Shane and all the other stories you had going on. Except for Kane, apparently. He, he can't be on the big shows. <laughs> yeah, he can't, can he? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's you know it was uh, big to me at least watching that uh, main event because you know sure the the whole thing you know at the end it was a big letdown took the air out of the room but uh, I will say this I love the little teases that we got during the match like Finn and Nakamura getting the NXT chance getting the New Japan yeah. chance oh that was fun uh, you having Bobby Roode and Triple H in the same ring was very fun for me. Uh, and, and you know, just those little things that they did there, and and even they they kind of did it in the women's match too, though. Yeah, you know, you have Tamina and uh, uh, Naya, yeah, together, which was very fun. Uh, and just those mixtures that we kind of tease, we kind of talk about. They actually did a few of them, so it was you know really fun to watch those kind of intricate. And I was kind of curious about the crowd, how the crowd loved all those. You know, I mean, the crowd was was pretty invested in the women's match, and I mean, the whole building was pissed when Becky got eliminated. That the, I was mad. I, I might have been madder than everybody in that building combined. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but the, you know, it's kind of hard to not win him back over again when you let Oscar just run everybody over on the way to being the sole survivor. And I thought, uh, especially with the way the booking went for Charlotte and uh, Alexa, that it made for an easy way to, to let Asuka possibly challenge for the women's title uh, down the road. But, uh, I mean, obviously the Paige debut that we talked about during our Raw review had uh, changed the script some from, from what we got on Sunday. Uh, but, I, I mean, you know, the, the women's match, as... Um, as clunky as it was at parts and how just absolutely awful I thought Alicia Fox was. She botched at least three or four different things and there's just not good. But uh yeah, everything else it was it was good. You know, I mean the crowd was surprisingly into the entire show and it's kinda hard to fault them for that because I think they built the whole Raw versus SmackDown element very well with all the under siege things. Um, and stuff like that. And then, of course, when you put Brock and AJ on the card, you know, that's going to get people buzzing throughout the evening as as that comes around, too. Yeah, uh, very much so. I mean, they, they you're right. They gave you a lot to be happy about, a lot to be excited about. And, you know, as sad as it is, they decided to, to completely put a needle in the eye of the end of the Matthew yeah. show. <laughs> uh, they at least gave you a really solid, you know, performance uh, out of most of these matches. Um, it, it really will quickly. I just got to know, you know, uh, if you, on the stream, you know, you just see the video, but uh, what did you think about the interaction between Stephanie McMahon and uh, Daniel Bryan and him kind of poking at her about him beating her husband and things like that? Did, did the crowd kind of dig that kind of uh, that segment? 
Yeah, I mean, you had the loud, like, collective, oh, sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I thought the segment was, was fine, right? I mean, they're, I thought they were maybe trying to show the hand of, you know, what if Shane wasn't around. Um, and, and I kind of hope this gets addressed on SmackDown a little bit, like, as far as all that goes. Because clearly Shane has been... Uh, sort of running the show his own way and Daniel's just sort of along for the ride right now. So pushing that along and getting some clarification on where that story is going would be, would be great. And hopefully we get more of that on SmackDown, yeah. you know, hopefully that's, that's one of the big things they'll be doing. So, but no, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it was a lot of fun. It sounds like you had a great weekend, man. And I'm really happy that you got to experience all that. You know, I, I guess, you know, why not? Let's do this real quick. Why don't you tell me your, what did you rate them? You were there live. Uh, what did you give those shows? Uh, I, I kind of want to give takeover a nine, but I, I, you know, I think of all the other stuff I've given a 9 to, and I don't know if it was quite on that level. War Games was great. The NXT title match was great. Uh, Dream and Aleister Black, I think, stole the show. Uh, and uh, the women certainly de- delivered there. And I thought Ono and Lars was just a terrific brawl. Uh, I, you know, it's great. I'll give it a 9. I, I, it was a great show, uh, top to bottom. I think the crowd was invested the whole way. And... Uh, yeah, a lot, lot of great things to really come out of that and make you look forward to, to what's going to happen on NXT moving forward because it's basically you know, a fresh start you know, with everything going on now. Survivor Series, I think I'm willing to go 7. I, I don't know if it deserves a 7, especially after that ending. Um, and then Who knows, 7 might be low in comparison to, to what you and Sean gave it, but there, there's a lot of great matches on here. It had some down points. Um, but I think overall it was still a very strong show despite some shortcomings and a crap finish to, to the big match, uh, sort of really stinks too. Okay. Well, there you go. Fair enough. So yeah, I just want to kind of pick your brain on that. That's kind of cool uh, to kind of see what you thought about it. And, uh, there you go. So now Paul got to join in on the review stuff. I'm really happy about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so there you go, all that fun stuff. But now we have to move on and talk a little news. So let's jump into some quick hits, sir. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, I alluded to this a little bit when we were talking TakeOver, uh, and that involves Drew McIntyre and Cian Almas and their match. And this is what's kind of stinky about wrestling sometimes. Uh, big injuries can happen out of nowhere, and that's exactly what happened to Drew McIntyre. Uh, he tore his bicep towards the end of the match, and that is going to put him on the shelf for six months. And uh, he'll have to have surgery. So this is a big bummer. I, I didn't really, I guess, see that moment where he got injured. Uh, maybe it wasn't as noticeable, but boy, that just is terrible. Yeah, uh, according to at least uh, Taz, who was watching the the stream and stuff like that, he thinks he did it when Drew went to hold the rope uh, to kind of try to catch himself during the, the finishing move that almost hits. I don't know if it was before that because it looked like he, he might have tore it, uh, maybe trying to catch Almas with the, the huge moonsault to the outside, which was just beautiful. Uh, either way, this really sucks because I, initially I thought maybe Drew was just getting ready to move up to the main roster already, 
Uh, they had seen everything they needed to see and all that great stuff, but uh, this sort of maybe puts a pin in that. Uh, as far as stuff that's come out on .com, Drew it seems still intent on regaining the NXT title when all of this is is over and done and behind him. Certainly not a great time to get hurt if you're Drew McIntyre. Top of the world on NXT, uh, looking like you're on your way back to, to the main roster and sort of maybe being groomed to, to take a brand in the future, and now that's just all gone. Um, and he's going to miss, you know, the big shows, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble time and, and Mania time, so... Yeah, like I say, it just really, really sucks. And you bring up that point that he's going to miss the big shows coming up. I honestly felt the same way when he lost the title. I thought, oh, Doug, Gary, he's going to go to the main roster. They're already ready for him to make that. And uh, he's also, you know, going to be at the Royal Rumble. He's going to be the surprise entrant, something like that. So when, you know, I heard this news, I just felt so bad for him. And, you know, this is not his first, you know, rodeo with being injured and having to take some time away from wrestling. And I know it's going to be difficult anyway, but at least he knows how to rehab. At least he knows how to get back and get back to where he needs to be. But it just really takes uh, something away from NXT that I think has been great. And I think he's offered, you know, a a lot to what's going on there. And it'll be a bummer. I kind of, you know really enjoyed seeing drew mcintyre do all that he had been doing on nxt <laughs> so we'll just have to you know keep hoping that you know things get brighter sooner for him uh but you know without him you know seeing almost as a champ and we'll have to see where that takes him and who their you know opponents are going to be for him i think it's going to be kind of fun to to see a lot of the things going down there uh, let's talk about another big mess here, and this is crazy. Uh, but you know, David Otunga, as you know, we have seen, has been working for WB as a commentator, and he's been kind of relying to uh, do the pre-shows. And for the most part, I mean, it's okay. I, I like him better than that than being on commentary on the actual SmackDown or Raw shows. Because trust me, I just never was a big fan. Um, but I, you know, I'm happy for him that he has a job with WB. Well, he will not be around and on the road for WWE for a little while. Uh, the reason is is because him and his fiance or former fiance now, Jennifer Hudson, have had a nasty split, and apparently, you know, this is in, it really hurting their relationship for their son too. Uh, in fact, I think Hudson has taken control of the major custody of the son because you know david otonga had more free time she's been on the road doing lots of things whereas he had more free time away from wv so he had been their primary caregiver and now those tables are turned because jennifer hudson had got the police involved and now otonga is kind of having to find his way back to where he needs to be with his son and all that so this is a big nasty thing and i hate to hear this this is a kind of a bummer yeah, this is uh, terror, and there's all sorts of allegations about who did what to who. That you, that's pretty easy to find out there. Uh, I mean, Jennifer Hudson said that uh, David has abused her. Uh, there's some sites reporting that Jennifer Hudson has cheated on David Otunga. There, there's all sorts of just like mud slinging happening here, and it it really one for David who has uh, you know obviously has to take time off the road now to go try to sort through all this and and try to get his life in order before he can get back to to, to his career. But uh, I think you said it. But they have a, they have a kid together. Uh, 
it certainly has been a focal point in a lot of this, and that is very unfortunate because uh, yeah, divorce is, is rough on, obviously, the people going through it, but people around it, too, usually tend to suffer uh, a lot, and sometimes even more. Uh, and certainly when it comes to children, that is doubly so. So uh, hopefully this can go through uh, smoother than, than what we've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I, I highly doubt that it's going to happen. Yeah, it's a shame, but I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. This is never easy. This is never really a clean break between people. Um, you know, we all know people in our lives that have had this happen, you know, close family members, or maybe, you know, if you're listening, you've already had this happen to you personally. This is not out of the realm of just normal life for people now. And it, it, you hate to see it, but it, it's just really kind of a rampant thing now in our society and the especially in the states i can't say around the world because i don't live anywhere else but in the states it's a big deal uh so i mean this is just a really heartbreaking thing because david otanga you know how much he really cares for his son and you know that he has really tried his best to to be involved and do things the, the right way um despite the fact that whatever is going on between him and jennifer hudson you know who knows what they did to each other all that so it's just a a terrible terrible situation you know and this is also you know something that david otonga has to kind of watch out for because wb you know they're they're a public traded company and you know any allegations of him beating her up or you know brandishing a gun at her or anything like that that's something that wb would be willing to fire him over pretty quickly um because you know once again they're publicly traded and they don't want that kind of press right exactly and certainly, if any of that does turn out to be true, then this uh, could certainly get a lot worse for, for David himself before it gets better. Yeah. I can't help it, but, you know, I, I saw the uh, voice on TV, and I don't really watch it, but um, I saw the voice on TV, and it was kind of hard to look at Jennifer Hudson now because I'm like, oh, my God, this is all going on. And I kind of I, – I don't mean to be like this, but I kind of feel bad for David. And maybe it's because I'm a wrestling fan, but I really feel bad for him. So I kind of look at her and like, oh. <laughs> but, but I'll say this. If any of this stuff is true about him, I'll, it'll go the other way. I'll be looking at him and really be disgusted. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, um, but anyway, well, that's a bunch of messy stuff. But I, I want to mention something else really quickly here. Talking about messy stuff, Mick Foley has found himself in it's just a really sad situation. Uh, you know, he's getting accused of taking advantage of a girl uh, back in the day. I don't know. I forget how many days. You'll have to kind of give me some of the numbers, Paul, because I, I just know this is back in the day of ECW. And uh, she claims that he was, you know, sleeping with her when she was 12. Um, but that's... You know, her word, um, lots of reports were coming out that that was not true, uh, that this, she was a 19-year-old when she was with ECW. So she was illegal by a lot of other people's sources and all that stuff. But she is, of course, you know, saying that he took advantage of her. And this is really kind of causing a stir in the wrestling world. I, how much have you heard about this, Paul? Uh, I knew just that he was sort of being accused of sexually assaulting somebody. Um and uh, yeah, she said she's 15. Um, uh, the, you're right; it would be sometime during the ECW days. So I'm not sure of the year, but this is just so hard for me to fathom it ever being possibly true. And, and of course, this is coming out during a time too when 
uh, seemingly in the last week, if you have any relative amount of fame associated to your name, you're seemingly being accused of being, uh, you know, a sexual predator and all these other things. And for certainly a lot of these cases, it's turning out to be true. This is one I'm going to call BS on because Mick Foley has done so much, uh, just charity work in general, but he, he, uh, sponsors, um, I forget the name of the charity, but it, it, it's, it's to help, you know, battered women and stuff like this. And he's such a proponent of, of equal rights for women across a multitude of different, um, different, uh, issues as far as what's still happening here in the states and it's it's unbelievable it, it just it makes no sense to me like i i and certainly somebody who has been presented as a very likable guy in, in all facets uh of his career as far as the wwe goes of you know he, you know an author and a dad and, and sort of all the way different ways you've gotten to see him like this just seems so out of character it, it can't I don't believe this like at all. I, I <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm assuming most of the people listening to this show are wrestling fans. So, I mean, they would probably relate to both of us and the fact that we say, there's no way Mick Foley would ever do that. You know, this guy's amazing. But take it from the person on the street who's really not a wrestling fan. They would say, oh, you guys are just covering for him because you like wrestling. And you think a lot of him, so you're going to cover him no matter what. Just like some of these celebrities, you know, you, you may like a few of these people. You know, Louis C.K., there's tons of people who love that guy. And now all the stuff coming out about him, it's, you know, you're still going to have the people who say, well, no, Louis C.K. would never do that. Um, so there, there's those situations, you know, that, you know, people could kind of say. But I, I think a lot of the things you mentioned give Mick Foley a lot more credibility than some of these other people being accused because Mick Foley has gone far and above to help many, many people, done a lot of great things. And, you know, what he did in his past is his past. And, you know, sometimes we have demons in the closet that, you know, you don't want to let out. Uh, you try to keep them put away back where they belong. Uh, but I think, you know, it's just hard for me to believe. I've never seen anything or heard anyone in wrestling, knowing him all the way back when he started his career, uh, that he was ever interested in doing anything but good. You know, so that's that's my thing. I think this is also a case of someone who sees all these celebrities getting blamed and she goes, oh, I slept with a celebrity. I'll, I'll use their name. Um, you know, it's a sad thing about what our society has come to. But people that really are victims sometimes don't get their voices heard. And the people that are really not victims get their voices heard the loudest at times. So. It, that's the sad situation, and I, I hope this stuff goes away if it's not true, and I hope you know everything is figured out for Mick Foley because I just I hate to see a guy like that get put through the, the, the mud and his name get kind of put in a place of being you know amongst people who don't really deserve much credibility at all. Exactly, exactly, and for so many people in Hollywood, it's believable, but this one is just I can't I can't even begin to imagine uh, how this came about at all <laughs> i mean the only thing i would say uh is maybe i could understand where mr sacco came from but <laughs> um but I, I still don't believe that's the truth so i just man uh, i don't even want to picture it uh 
But, you know, let's, we can move on from that. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. There's lots of controversy. And me and you both, I mean, we, we know about this, and we could sit here and just kind of go over. But it's just hearsay. And there's really not a lot of firm facts for us to sit here and talk 45 minutes about that. So uh, let's talk about something else that's kind of interesting here. Uh, you know, there are talks circling around uh, about WrestleMania and what could be taking place. And some of the talks are actually about Triple H and his involvement with Kurt Angle. And could we see it? Will we see it? Well, there's lots of talks that that could happen at Royal Rumble. And that would also lead to Triple H having a match in WrestleMania uh, against Braun Strowman. So those are two opponents we could see Triple H face in the near future. Uh, that's just kind of the, the rumors here. I, I, we kind of touched on this on Raw, but we really didn't dive into it really heavy. What do you think about this and, and these two matchups if they were to take place? Um, that, that's, this is the whole reason why I wanted to put this on here because we did talk about it and I hadn't even had any idea that this had sort of been circulating in the news. So, um. The Triple H Kurt Angle thing obviously was been talked about for a long time, um, but I'd always heard that would be a possible Mania match. So, like like we said on there, I think that's that's really great for nostalgia purposes. Um, I think it would bring a lot of people in as far as watching the show. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of interested to see what they would try to pull off there. Obviously, with both of them being older and, and slower. Uh, it might not be as great as it used to be, but they, I mean, they're both such great performers. I'm sure they'd pull something really fun off. Triple H and Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, however, uh, I, I think screams is a great idea, especially if you're not willing to pull the trigger on Braun for whatever reason yet. Uh, certainly the last, you know, five to six years where Triple H has been featured against somebody from the current generation, uh, it's it's usually worked out in favor of those guys, uh, and it's usually been pretty good. So, I, I I really like that matchup too, especially if you don't want to keep Braun featured as far as championships and main events and and all the big stuff that you have planned for Roman. Essentially, uh, I think this is a great spot for him. Yeah, I think you're right, and you know I think both of these feuds or matches that you kind of see here i think the build to them could be very exciting i really do i think you know it, it works out great that royal rumble would be the place where him and kurt angle kind of tangle up because everybody's gonna be stoked about the royal rumble itself but that would just add another factor to get people excited and kind of take them back to the old days you know <laughs> and, and get excited about something we've seen kind of but now we get a chance to see it again uh, and then, of course, like you mentioned, uh, Braun Strowman and Triple H, that that would be something that's a spectacle. People will be really excited about it. And it also gives an opportunity for Braun Strowman to really get more uh, and just really, I don't want to say credibility, but just, I think, get more stuff behind his name. Uh, and this would be a, a giant match to get behind his name, and he could put in his ledger as, I've done this, this, and this, and that's a big deal. You know, to be, you're facing Triple H at WrestleMania is no joke. It's it's a very much a legitimate, you know, thing for people to, to kind of put on the resume as, uh, I, I am one of the bigger dogs in this company, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we have with that. That's going to be kind of fun to kind of see the build of both those. I think that they've got a lot of meat on the bone if they want to do that. I agree with you. 
You know, uh, one thing here uh, before we uh, get out of the news, uh, let's talk about tribute to the troops. Of course, you know, we are on Thanksgiving week and it is really cool. And, uh, you know, we always love to spend time with family and friends. And, of course, this is also the time of the year when we really start thinking about our men and women in the military. And WWE thinks the same thing. And they're going to do their tribute to the troops show December 5th in San Diego at a big naval base out there. Uh, this is something that, you know, I'm glad they do annually every year. It's been kind of fun to kind of see the way they do things. What do you think about San Diego? And man, wouldn't it be kind of fun to have Ray Ray come back? Uh, you know, San Diego, <laughs> come on. Uh, you know, th- this is always a, a cool deal. Uh, I won't say it's always must watch television, but it's, it's always nice to see, you know, I think really any big corporation sort of try to get behind the military or something like that. But, uh, and WWE always does something really special for them at these shows and sort of, um, I, at least during the time when they were all deployed in Iraq and them doing the shows over there, I always thought that was just really cool to see how they pulled those shows off since it's kind of been on the home front. I don't know if it's as much what, excuse me, must watch as it used to be. Um, but, you know, it's always still cool to see that they're still doing it. And it's, you know, a tradition that started up during a real bad time. And even though times still aren't super great, you know, for us here in America now, right now, especially if you, you know, watch the news every day and get depressed. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. sort of nice that, you know, the, the tradition still sort of, you know, kept on going. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's not as big as it like you said it used to be because we were more at a war time kind of thing but it now is on the network and uh you know they still present it i think on nbc if i'm not wrong just a shorter version on nbc um so this is you know like i said it just it's a great deal uh DWB is doing a great thing here and i'm really really happy to see it you know so uh, well, that rounds out our news uh, for the week. And uh, just really quickly, I want to give a programming note to everyone before we move on here and talk some Ring of Honor. Uh, we are not going to do a show, I believe. Now, let's say, uh, barring any giant news coming out in the world of wrestling, we are not going to do a show on Thanksgiving. So this will be your Wrestling of the Max episode for the week. Uh, we will be doing an NXT review, uh, me and Paul will. Uh, that'll probably be Friday, so you guys will have it on Saturday in your dock. Uh, but we just kind of talked about it, Paul, Sean, uh, all of us kind of got together and said, look, people are spending time with their families. We're going to be doing a lot of that ourselves. And so it probably would not hurt for us to take the night off that night. So if you're looking for that show, it most likely will not be there unless something giant happens like the young bucks joining the V and you know, that that's something we get, we're going to cover immediately, <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, uh, something other than, you know, just, Hey, you know, Lucha Underground scheduled a certain taping. We're not going to cover that just to do that on Thanksgiving. So just to let you guys know that that that's just a little programming note and hope you guys can understand that, hey, we need a little time for the family. And we appreciate you guys giving it to us. We love doing the shows, but sometimes we got to take a take a little bit of a break. Uh, but yeah, that's the programming note, and uh, we'll just keep stay tuned. That's why I always say subscribe, rate, and review of a wrestling the max because if you you know, maybe have it and you all know it. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and talk Ring of Honor, Paul. We've got some cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive in after this. 
Right. Uh, so like uh, Gary said at the top of the show, we're going to be doing two episodes since uh, disease had messed me up last week. So uh, this is not the, the episode that aired here on the 20th. This is the week of the 13th. Uh, and they open, at, they start off the TV championship uh, contender matches here for final battle as punishment. Martinez takes on Josh, the Goods Woods, and they get a, a decent chunk of time here. Um, I thought this was well laid out. I thought Josh still got to look competitive. Uh, ultimately, however, this was always, I think, going to be punishment Martinez's match to win. And uh, Josh still really kind of just leaves me meh about his performances. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, and before I talk too much about this match, I just want to clear up for people. Paul did not have the mumps. He, no, I didn't. He, he, he did not kiss Roman Reigns or anything like that. So <laughs> just to give you guys a heads up, that was not the mumps. Uh, but no, I mean, you're right on this. We knew Punisher Martinez was going to win the match. We just It's a given. But at least they gave Josh Woods an opportunity to get some offense in here. And I think at times he really kind of portrayed himself very well and gave us an idea that they do want something to happen with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's just very generic in a way. He has yet to really grab us. And I don't know what's really missing, Paul. I can't really tell you because I think he has some great offense. I think he has the ability there. He's just yet to portray anything special to the, I think the crowd or even us. So I, I kind of feel for him there, but I, I, I still think there's potential there. I'm willing to say there is something here worth exploring because I think uh, obviously if you can't get Matt Riddle – Ring of Honor is clearly trying to cultivate their own guy in that same mold. Uh, and it's something that they've really stuck to. I think if you look at Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, you know some of their bigger stars that they've created over the last uh, five years, uh, they've really had this big MMA influence. They really enjoy that sort of style. Uh, and Josh certainly does bring that to the table. But I just, like, there's nothing about him or his character that really just makes me feel like he's can't miss um you know television at this point so uh, maybe they need to really focus on that if they want to do something more with him uh because right now i i just he's not really cutting it for me well you, you kind of put him in the same position will for our is that yeah. you know kind of uh you know he's great he's a good talent but just nothing that blows you out of the water mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to say career mid-carder, but because uh, that's certainly, I think, where Ferrari is. But unless Josh has something else out there that we haven't seen yet, uh, I, I don't think he's really going to be much of anything for the company. So. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, Mark gets to cut a promo about uh, Kenny King as he has his TV championship match tonight says that Jay is going to be in his corner despite um, all of Jay's misgivings about the match and him wanting to uh, basically focus on being a tag team instead of all these singles things. And this leads to Jay Lethal coming out and uh, talking about wanting to be Ring of Honor champion again, Uh, talks about wanting to be the best in the world. However, he's constantly sidetracked by all sorts of different things. Uh, he brings up Cody 
And, uh, of course, this brings out Marty Scroll, who uh, says that when he joined Ring of Honor, he wanted to face a different Jay Lethal than the man that's in front of him now. Um, the Lethal he wanted to fight was, uh, you know, ruthless and cut corners and didn't really care about what everybody thought of him because he was busy being the best. And instead now, he's nothing like that guy. He might as well go back and put on his old Macho Man gimmick uh, because without all the other stuff that Marty just mentioned, he's just not that entertaining. And uh, then Scroll sort of mark, you know, takes a cheap shot and says, "Hey, man, I sell more. I sell more shirts than you now too." So uh, <laughs> this eventually leads to leads to him challenging Lethal to a match of final battle, which is accepted, and uh, sort of get a little bit of a shoving match before Marty bails. What did you think about all this, Gary? Uh, the Briscoe stuff is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, it kind of really gets you thinking. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that a little later. So I'll just say at this point, I was kind of curious what the heck what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and then you get to this part with Marty Scroll. I just loved it, and, and the reason I love it is because I think we've all been asking those same questions. What happened to that guy that we used to know a Jay Lethal? Mm-hmm. Where's he at? Did he just disappear because he decided to have a better attitude? Or what happened? What's the big situation that got him to change from being that ruthless guy, that guy was willing to do anything to hold the title around his waist, to a guy that's just content helping? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to find out. And I think they're trying to do it here, and I, I appreciate that. You know, It doesn't matter who she has to turn. Or excuse me, it doesn't matter what has to happen here for Jay Lethal to kind of turn back into that guy. But what it does is get us back to that point where he is ruthless and angry and just exciting to see. Because he's been good. Don't get me wrong. The guy has been great in the ring, but mm-hmm. he's just not the same Jay Lethal. I completely agree with you on that front because we started covering Ring of Honor uh, on this show week to week when Lethal, I think, was really starting to come into his own. Obviously, he was uh, running around forever as a TV champion, and then he wins the world title, and uh, maybe was one of the most must-watch wrestlers outside of the WWE at the time. Uh, and it sort of transitioned into basically just being the big ROH star that they've built, and, and are sort of just content to let him ride, and they they keep him strong uh, when when they can too. So I like this match though. I think Marty is is a wonderful foil foil for him at this point in time. And whether whether or not I because uh, I, I don't know if this is exactly the greatest reason to have a match, but Marty pushing his buttons, uh, especially if that's what's going forward and leading to another match with Cody down the line, uh, I'm all for. So I, I thought this was good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this brings us to the TV title match as Kenny King takes on Mark Briscoe. Uh, this doesn't even get a chance to start as Jay throws the towel in. Mark Briscoe gets all kinds of pissed off uh, and starts jawjacking with him on the outside, and Jay just sort of slowly walks off, uh, sort of not even really caring what he has to say. I thought this was awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Briscoe not really giving a shit anymore. has been wonderful trying to get Mark on side. So there's a lot of great stuff happening here. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, there's this whole thought process of you know how much strain is between the brothers. Uh, are they close? What, what's going on here? And you know, how is it going to affect their personal lives? And uh, at this point, you kind of look at the whole picture and say the chaos started somewhere now we've got to find the point where they either they stop it or they just use that chaos on everyone else so it's gonna be you know something that i can't wait to talk about when we talk about the next episode but at this episode here um i thought it was just a great move throwing in the towel making you know the situation worse between the brothers uh, and, of course, during the post-match here, you have Punishment Martinez uh, jump Kenny King from behind, and this brings out the rest of the uh, TV title contenders and Shane Taylor, Jonathan Gresham, Silas Young, and Cheeseburger for, for a big old brawl and some dives and, and all sorts of fun stuff to sort of send you off into the next segment, which is Coleman's Pulpit uh, with Shane Taylor. And we sort of get to dive into to, uh, Shane's new character as, as the hitman where he's trying to take on all these jobs and getting all this money so he can give his daughter a better life than he had uh, because he didn't have a whole lot in Cleveland and he really struggled. He had a rough upbringing uh, and all these things. And he's willing to do everything it takes to make sure his family doesn't have to suffer like he did. I, and, I, and I thought this was really great because you usually just – Hitman gimmicks are usually kind of one-dimensional. He's taking on money because he likes it. I think putting a sympathetic spin on this sort of tried-and-true method of this whole thing really works, and it makes Shane sympathetic even though he's out here to murder people. (laughs) Oh, Gary. Oh, no, I hope I didn't lose him. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Uh, okay, so yes, the, this main part here, and I think here at the end, it did get a little chaotic, right? I mean, but I mean, I think it ended up being something where you were left with uh, some intrigue, and you kind of got left with some, I think, positive thoughts. So, as much as you know, I was kind of curious to see, you know, if it was going to be clean or whatever. I think it was a good send off. It. It didn't blow me away, um, but I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought that the you know the best friends and all that. Uh, it just it worked, and I thought it was exciting. But yeah, I mean, you have a situation where things got kind of messy. Oh, we were we're still talking. Uh, I was talking Coleman's pulpit with with Shane Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were, see. I missed you for a second there, and I thought oh. you already. Been, uh, so I, I thought you already moved on. <laughs> No, no, no. I said thoughts on this because I thought this was a great segment. Oh, the Shane Taylor. Okay, I'm sorry. I just our audio kind of dipped and I couldn't hear you. Uh, so here we are, Shane Taylor. I thought this was great, a great insight on what Shane Taylor is and what he's about, uh, and, and kind of explaining the money. I, I and you still have Caprice kind of poking at him about you know, hey, we were a group. You know what happened here? You know, kind of. He, he's still not happy that they're a group, but you know, Shane Taylor and all the other guys in that group don't care. They're done. They're they're happy doing their own thing, and Shane Taylor says, "Look, I got a little girl, and I'll do whatever it takes to take care of." So you almost see the baby face Shane Taylor. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, isn't it, Paul? A, a guy that's willing to take money to kill people, but hey, he's a baby face. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, I I really like. It's just it's such a nice spin on uh, what you usually get from these gimmicks. So, you know, like the APA, they were 
they were just in it for money and beer, uh, to use their example. And, and mm-hmm. doing this is, it's just, it feels very new and fresh. And, and I, I can't speak highly enough about how much I like it. Uh, and of course, this brings us to the best friends taking on the addiction for uh, the number one contendership to the tag team titles. Ten minutes. This is a really fun match. It's a straight sprint, all action, lots of dives, uh, as you would expect. And, and fortunately for us, Chuck Taylor ends up putting Christopher Daniels away with awful waffle to get the victory. Excuse me. Um, and so, and send them off to to challenge for the tag titles. Uh, you also have War Machine come out during this. Uh, to stop the addiction from using a chair at one point since um, the addiction have sort of gotten into War Machine's business as well. So uh, lots of stuff sort of all percolating here. And the tag team division, which went from last year basically being about three teams now to being about six or seven, which I think is really, really cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, and, you know, it's something that I was kind of lacking for a little while. We've really kind of had lots of singles matches, lots of tournaments, other things that kind of, you know, get us going with the Ring of Honor. But the tag teams have really kind of suffered. And so this is really a positive thing coming out of this. And, I, you know, like I said, I love the best friends. They're a lot of fun to watch, and you really enjoy them, and they beat the addiction. But uh, it's just here's the thing. I mean, sometimes things get a little messy to kind of move you on to the next week, and that's what happened here, right? They – they they want to get you excited about all these other tag teams and you know don't forget War Machine's around that's that's another part of this that they want you to you know kind of give you an eye of and pay attention to so I think overall not not a bad ending uh, but it, it got a little crazy there at the end yeah yeah absolutely so let's go ahead and move on to this week's episode of Ring of Honor which opens with Matt Taven taking on Jay White in a pretty solid match, uh, I'd be willing to say. Obviously, I have lots of kingdom interference here as they're out there with uh, with the ringleader, and uh, Jay White unfortunately just comes up a little bit short, eats a, a rope hung climax to to take the fall here, and as it looks like the kingdom is ready to chop off Jay White's arm with a with an axe, here comes Search and Destroy to to make the save, since the the kingdom also have a tag team title match coming up soon. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I never knew that the kingdom was big fans of Walking Dead. You know, yeah. I mean, come on, I mean, they, they were about to pull a Negan. Um, but uh, you know, thank you, uh, you know, for saving him. Uh, so, uh, but no, I mean, I, I think you know this was a match that was you know solid. I mean, sure. The interference kind of mess with it, so it's kind of hard to rate it really high. But for the, the the clean parts, for the parts that really you know kind of mattered in my opinion, it was a really good match, and it should have been. Matt Taven's a really great guy, really great wrestler. Same with Jay Wyatt. So uh, I think that you would kind of expected something special to come out of this, but you know the interference stuff always kind of messes with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, following this and, and throughout the evening, we get uh, a couple segments of Flip Gordon uh, trying to, uh, or not trying, essentially recruiting his, uh, quote, army that has nothing to lose in their match against the Bullet Club that'll take place next week. Uh, so he goes out and gets Coast to Coast and Scorpio Sky uh, for his team. Uh, I don't know if I like his chances, Gary. <laughs> yeah, flip. Uh, I think there's a reason you're getting picked on, buddy. Uh, I, 
Uh, you know, it's like that. I remember, you know, back in high school, you'd have a kind of a nerdy kid. And I'm not saying I was a jock or anything, but I, I you know, I didn't get picked on like some of these other kids were kind of nerdy. And they wouldn't have a lot of common sense. You know, God would be making fun of them for having a pink folder. And the guy would say, hey, you know, it's okay to have pink. I've got purple and uh, you know, turquoise in here, too. You know, and you're like, dude, you're not helping yourself. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. By your head. Don't don't keep it up. And I think that's kind of Flip Gordon's here. He's like, oh, cool. I got help here. But uh, trust me, man. Don't, don't keep poking the bear because you're not really helping yourself with the team you've assembled. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Should have talked to War Machine. Guys like that yeah, who could have helped you out. Come, yeah. Go get you some big old boys. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I mean, what what you thinking here? That's okay. Hey, if you hey, you could have at least had a cheeseburger. At least people would be behind the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of cheeseburger here, Gary, he's got uh, his TV title qualifier match against Shane Taylor. And to sort of capitalize on what we just talked about, uh, Shane doesn't really want to hurt cheeseburger. Uh, who is all gung-ho to, to fight him and sort of knocks him around a little bit before Shane Taylor just absolutely floors him with a choke slam and then knocks his lights out to to end it quickly. And then here come the, the dogs who have a, <laughs> a, a tall pint of pennies to pay <laughs> Shane to destroy Cheeseburger. <laughs> Uh, of course, Taylor is in this for big money, not small money, and dumps the pint of pennies over Will Ferrara's head. The dogs, however, decide to take matters into their own hands and attack Cheeseburger. However, Shane steps in the way and sort of sends them packing. So, uh, the, I, I really like this. Like, I mean, everybody loves Cheeseburger, and obviously, if you haven't, you know, if you didn't get to see the interaction on Coleman's pulpit, this is a great way. Of getting people behind Shane Taylor. Who doesn't love cheeseburger, Gary? Oh, I know. I mean, uh, you know, he's a delicious individual. Um, <laughs> you know, he always musters his way through some of these difficult master- matches, uh. you know. Sometimes he catches up and uh, puts the sauce on things. I'm sorry, I just got to stop. Uh, yeah, sorry. That was that was too cheesy. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the fact Everybody that... just stopped listening right there. I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I love this for the fact of what you just said. This is kind of a carryover from Coleman's Pulpit. And, and in a way, I'm kind of glad we're doing these shows back-to-back because I can really delve into this even more. Um, but yes, I mean, you have Shane Taylor win the match. You knew that was going to happen. Big deal. Um, but... What's really fun about this is you have Shane Taylor just doing a stand-up thing, and we haven't seen him do that. Not in a, no, I don't know when, uh, but he, he does a stand-up thing, and uh, he makes it rain, I'll say it that way. Um, you know, uh, Usually people, when you say make it rain, you're expecting 20s and 100s, but uh, hey, pennies are okay too, I guess. Um, but I think it was kind of funny to see this, the way it worked out and it completely screwed over the dogs because they thought they were going to have, you know, the time of their life watching cheeseburgers smashed into the ground and it just completely got turned on the tables on them. So I thought this is great. I want to find out where they're taking baby face Shane Taylor. I do want to know. And I am behind him a hundred percent. I just, he's a great talent. He's a big guy. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and to be a babyface, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. 
and, and of course, Cole Cabana, I'd be remiss to say he if he didn't have the line of the night right here calling it a bronze shower. Or <laughs> when, oh, uh, yeah. Pennies, of course, are made of copper. So Copper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, did you love the uh, – oh, I, I won't say it right now. I'll wait till we get to that match. And he had another mess up here. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I, I'll yeah. I'll mention it when we get to the match. I'll mention it. Okay. <laughs> uh, after all of that, we get uh, some recap of the issues between Mark and Jay that we just talked about. Uh, we have Dalton Castle then take on Hangman Page here. You have Cody out for commentary. Um, lots of back and forth in this. I kind of thought Dalton got at the better of Page for a long time here. Cody, however, eventually runs in to pull the referee out of the ring after Dalton hits Bangarang. Uh, you have some nice little involvement here and there before Cody's involved, uh, extra involvement, excuse me, ultimately is Paige's downfall as he uh, gets taken down with a German suplex and then is forced to tap out to what I could only call a reverse anaconda lock, but I, it's not really a submission move I've ever seen before, so... Don't know what to tell you there. Dalton, however, does win uh, in the post-match. Page and uh, Cody put the beat down on Dalton and make him kiss the ring. Yeah, I mean, you saw that Cody wanted to get involved in this match right away. You know, made the reference to, oh, I'm just going to go tell him something real quick and goes to Page and, you know, that gives Dalton Castle all the reason to go and attack uh, Page before things get out of hand. And, uh, you know, it ends up still hurting him in the end. But I think, you know, you got a decent match here. I really expected to have Page get a lot more offense than he got. I I thought he was going to get... A majority of it, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. and I thought you'd have Dolan Castle fighting from underneath the entire time, and that wasn't always the case in this match. And, and it's fine; it was an okay match. I, I appreciate what we got. I mean, I like both these guys, and I'm, you know, not going to complain about having a pretty solid match between the two. Uh, so yes, they got the beat down and all that, and you know, hey, that sends Castle off to to think about the Bullet Club and. You know, he had to kiss the ring, which is pretty disparaging for the poor guy. So, it is what it is. This is the match, though, where you had Cole Cabana call Adam Page Adam Cole. (laughs) And uh, this is on the outside of the ring before uh, we have Adam Page thrown back in the ring. And I love it because, you know, he says something. He was like, yeah, Adam Cole has been having a really good year or something like that. And... Uh, I think Rick Avani kind of says, yeah, that's right. Adam Page is doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole wasn't his, uh, you know, wasn't his show because uh, he, he's over there at NXT. But uh, Cole Cabana himself, uh, I don't think, remembered that. Yeah, I mean, plus we all know, at least according to what the Bullet Club tells us, Adam Cole died. So, um, <laughs> you know, not nice to bring up the dead like that. Yeah, but he also tells us that Adam Page has a big. Uh, well, well, let's leave that alone. No, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just move on. <laughs> uh, we get a recap of Bully Ray's various uh, promos throughout the Global Wars tour and on uh, Ring of Honor, of course. Before that, talking about the injuries he sustained and uh, possible retirement, and of course, this brings him out to do it once again. However, he's at home here in the 2300 Arena, which, of course, used to be the ECW Arena or Viking Hall or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, reveals, of course, that it's once again time to step away. He's happy for everything that he's accomplished. 
Uh, he takes a bow. You have Joe Coff, who, of course, is the COO of Ring of Honor, come in and thank him personally. And then Gary, Jay Briscoe comes on down, gets into the ring, and goes on a profanity-laced tirade about how this is how Bully Ray is choosing to go out. Uh, and eventually this leads to uh, Jay attacking Bully Ray from behind. And uh, this brings out uh, Tommy Dreamer and Velvet Sky, um, who Velvet, of course, tries to, to cover up Bully Ray because Jay is now armed with a chair. And Tommy and Jay do some arguing. However, here comes Mark Briscoe to try to talk some sense into his brother. However, it all turns out to be a ruse as he turns around and kicks Tommy straight in the, in the gonads um, and then hits him with a chair shot and then... They pull Velvet off of Bully Ray very roughly and toss her outside the ring and put him down with a 3D. And everybody's just sort of stunned. And they get a metric butt ton of heat. I thought this was awesome. Uh, You're right. It was awesome. And it's so nice because you have Bully Ray having that crowd eating out of his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they were behind him 100%. He talked about how he went outside and met the fans and, you know, kind of reminded himself of the old days. And, oh, they loved every minute of it. So when you had Jay and Mark Briscoe do this, they completely were hating it, and they were not behind those guys at all. Uh, And it's, of course, to see Tommy Dreamer get treated the way he did. Even Velvet Sky, who got kind of manhandled in a way and yanked off. Uh bully it's it's kind of unusual usually don't see a lot of that but they they did here and um you know I, I think it's great though for realism because a lot of people know hey you know bully has a girlfriend uh and have her actually a part of this it's is a really good deal so really happy for that uh, to kind of be a, a part of that so anyway it's it's definitely going to be something that people care about now. And I, I care about it. I want to see where this goes. I mean, I guess it's Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray going to have to face off against the Briscoe brothers. And, you know, Marks, of course, is injured. So how is that going to work? <laughs> Those are a lot of questions. But, I mean, I think it'll still be uh, interesting. Yeah, I personally can't wait. Final battle is is inching closer and closer towards us. And uh, honest to God, I can't wait. I enjoy Final Battle basically every year. Mm-hmm. That's it's a great pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that's Ring of Honor for the week, and uh, yeah, hope we'll uh, have another great episode next week. Uh for sure. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, like I said, just got lots of great things building. Really happy for what we're getting in uh, Ring of Honor, and hopefully more good stuff comes out of that. Uh, really quickly, uh, Velvet Sky is she a part of the Ring of Honor at all, or is she just independent? Uh, I don't think she is signed on for anything um, okay. as far as all that goes, because I think she's still retired from in-ring competition and all that. Oh. You never know. Maybe Brandy can bring her out of that. So we'll find out. Well, they just had Madison Rain um, on one of their shows recently. So. Oh, okay. Well, see, they're they bringing some other talent in for that. 
Um, but yeah, that's Ring of Honor. Uh, now we are going to do something that we probably should have done on Thursday, but it was really difficult, and uh, we kind of decided to hold it off until tonight, so we're technically giving it to you a little later, but that's okay, because at least you're getting it, and that is Superstar of the Week, and this, of course, will be about last week, so don't you know, don't think the Survivor Series or NXT TakeOver count for this one. It has nothing to do with this one. We'll do those. Uh, I think we're going to have to cover Superstar of the Week, actually, next uh, Monday night, which will be Tuesday for the download for you guys. So uh, just, a, just a quick reminder, this is for last week. So, all right. Well, let's do it, Paul. Superstar of the Week. Take it away, bud. Okay, well, here we go. We are going to give a point to one, um, uh, Rich Swan and Alexander. Uh, uh, I can't even say it. Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. I, I, I am having a brain fart from hell. Uh, but here, that, that tag team that fought on 205. Yeah, the Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan battled. Uh, Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher on last week's episode of 205 Live. Really, really great match. Uh, smartly worked by both teams. And, uh, I mean, Cedric and Rich Swan continue to prove that they really should be competing for a set of tag titles somewhere down the line because they are terrific together. Oh, definitely. Uh, those guys, they just they really work so well together that I would love to see them just in the regular tag division. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see him just on 205. I need to see him against, you know, hey, you know, anybody out there, even the bar. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be Raw since the Cruiserweights are on that show, technically. Yeah, it'd have to be against them. But, that, hey, I still would love to see it. Great match, I wish yeah. it would happen. Uh, we get two points going over, and let's see if I can screw this up. Best friends. Yeah, Chucky e. T and... Uh, Oh God, Trent Beretta. Jesus, I can't believe I almost blanked on that. Uh, they uh, win the number one contendership on Ring of Honor last week in a very, very uh, strong match against the Addiction. Uh, and, and of course, they're also currently competing in the World Tag League over there in New Japan, which of course has nothing to do with this. But I, I like to give those guys publicity, so go watch them. Yeah, for sure. It's you know one of those uh, situations where you can't help but love what they do, and you got to go check them out. Uh, three points are going to go to Baron Corbin. Yeah, uh, Baron successfully defends the U.S. title against Sin Cara on last week's episode of SmackDown, uh, and unfortunately for him, it was a light week as far as good stuff happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> got lucky, huh? There you go. Four points are going to be given to Eli Drake. Yeah, uh, so Eli Drake uh, successfully defends the uh, Impact World title or the Impact Global title or the GFW title, whatever it's called right now. I don't know. But he defends it against Petey Williams in front of the hometown crowd, which really bought into Petey having a chance. And and I think they did a really great job as far as telling the story during that. And uh, one, it's a nice defense to help Eli look strong, which coming out of Bound for Glory – I would claim that he did not at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Oof, poor guy. And we are going to give five points and crown as the superstar of the week, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte wins the SmackDown Women's Title uh, on last week's episode of SmackDown, which of course led to her facing Alexa Bliss on Survivor Series. But uh, maybe most importantly, Charlotte has won. Uh, every women's championship possible in the WWE now. 
uh, including the Divas title, So, uh, which I don't think anybody else currently on the roster can do except for Mickey James. So uh, hats off to Charlotte on that a huge honor. And uh, yeah, five points well-deserved. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, there you go, guys. I know that was a little confusing because, once again, TakeOver and Survivor Series, none of that counted for last week. But we wanted to make sure you guys at least got the gist of what we're doing. And all those points are going to count towards the end of the year when we get down to a re- big reward show and we're going to you know, add those points up. And it's going to mean something for sure at the end of the year. So that's why we wanted to make sure you guys get a chance to at least hear who we chose for that week. And I'm excited about next Monday when we do do the next superstar of the week because it's going to be really fun to kind of break it all down and say who deserves what and it's going to be a little bit nuts but hey it, it's still fun to do so uh but you know once again uh make sure you all go check out w2mnet.com you know place where you go get all your great wrestling needs and a lot more don't forget to hit subscribe uh that button over there wherever you get your podcast from make sure you go to wrestling to the max do that and then rate and review the show that'll get you all our great review shows and of course our regular episodes of wrestling to the max like the one you're listening to tonight uh you know don't forget to go check out for womanmania.com and last one on prowrestling.com as well they are great supporters of ours when we give them some love and uh, you know like i said earlier we are not going to most likely be doing a show on this thursday so this will be your wrestling backs for the week we will be doing the next review later in the week you're not going to want to miss that now once again barring any giant news coming out in the world of wrestling or anything big that we really really have to cover uh we probably won't have that show but you know like i said go subscribe and you won't miss a minute of the action uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all the housekeeping. Uh, the only thing left to be said is we really, really hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families, enjoy all your friends, whatever you're doing for this Thanksgiving, celebrating it or even not celebrating it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy your time off and time away and just relax a little bit. Get fat like the rest of us and make sure you go check out all those great football games that'll be taking place. And of course, you know, hey, once again, Paul just told you earlier in the show, if you don't watch anything else, football or anything else, go check out this week's NXT. It's going to be a humdinger. Trust mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So grab that turkey and ham and go to town as you watch Pete Dunn and, you know, have that battle uh, against uh, Gargano. So, well, well, we'll catch you guys next week. And until then, peace. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.